I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's go. Good evening to you. Hello. Good evening. Yes, we are recording in the evening, aren't we? Yes. Well, evening for one area of the country. It's still nice and bright out here on the West Coast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is it cold? No, it's actually perfect outside. Oh, you know what? For once, you can throw the shade back at me because it's cold here. (laughs) Yeah. Over lunch, did yoga in the park across. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. So what? So what? (laughs) And while you were doing yoga in the park, guess what I was doing? What were you doing? Quarantining, uh, honey. You know how they say you go Glen Coco? <laughs> honey, they say you go Glen Coco-COVID over here, honey. <laughs> Girl. Oh, my goodness. I have been so vigilant. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely proof that... Um, Omicron, a.k.a. Omarion, is a sneaky little devil. I want to make sure that we let our audience know that we did not plan to have test positive episodes exactly one week apart from each other. We did not. We did not. Um, You know, I'm a person who wears contact lenses. And, you know, I I know that last week I was touching my eyes some and things that you're not supposed to do with your mucous membranes because I was very vigilant about my mask. But I think I wasn't as vigilant in some areas with my other mucous membranes. So mm. I don't know for sure, but I do know that while chilling on my couch on Friday, I felt the slightest, slightest little tickle in my throat. And I was like, man, this probably is nothing. You know, the next morning I got up and I had a stuffy nose and a runny nose. Um, and I still felt that scratchiness in my throat and had some things I wanted to do that day just to be a good person. I said, let me go on and use one of my, my test kits here at home and see mm-hmm. what's up. I was sure it was going to be negative. Ashley, now see, you, you, you don't have children like I do. And let me tell you, when I had my kids, when I went in the bathroom and tested myself, I was very pregnant. The line <laughs> popped up. Like I looked at the, the test and the line turned. It was like that. I was scared I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It's just COVID. <laughs> Yeah, but um, wow. Well, you asked me this last week, and I guess I want to pose it to you too. Like, how did you feel, particularly as a physician, especially as someone who's been very vigilant mentally? Like, how did that feel? Um, you know, what I can say I didn't feel is I didn't feel like a failure. Um, I didn't. I, what I did feel like was grateful that I have been boosted. I'm grateful that you know for the last year I've been trying to take care of my body. So I'm in a kind of a, a better state of health than I was in before, but, but a little bit nervous because I mean, everything is fine until it's not right. You like yeah. want to assume, you know, that you will be the person who just gets a little bit of a cold and that's it. But 
why not you to have something happen? So mostly I'm just reflecting a lot on the people who have been outliers and who've had a really rough time with COVID and just really hoping that we can just get this behind us soon. Yeah. So yeah, it's not something that I will want to do again. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But I, I do feel like it's something that, you know, my immune system is, is fighting off and, and I feel good about that. So yes. Tell your mom, it's not too late to hook me up because <laughs> ain't nobody doing for me what was happening for you. I just need you to know. <laughs> <laughs> see, what, see what them flights looking like to Atlanta. <laughs> That's what's up. Yep. Um, did you learn anything this week? Um, let's see. What can I share uh, for any folks who live in the Bay, especially folks who live in Oakland? The the group that I joined in the park is called Black to Yoga. So okay. it's a a group that specifically focused on you know bringing yoga into Black communities. Although it's open to everybody. And they're there Monday afternoons, Wednesday afternoons, Sundays. It's really cheap. It's sunny and it's nice just to like move your body. And for me, I'm trying to build a little bit more core strength this year. So doing between workouts. So yeah. Okay. I like that. Well, since we are on that kick, I will tell you, I think you you know this, but after my birthday, I I joined this uh, social media based fitness group called Eager to Motivate. And it is uh, actually created by a brother. And now they have a bazillion people in this group, um, but it's all diet and exercise, no supplements, no shots, no pills, no nothing. Just get it in, just make good choices and move your body, but a lot of core work. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something about eight weeks ago, I was working out and I heard a very tiny little voice, like speaking to me going, Kimberly, hey, let me out. I was like, what is that sound? I didn't know what it was. And I looked and it was an ab coming in on my waistline. Wow. And girl, I know you ain't seen us since the sixth grade, (laughs) but we've been here and we just appreciate that you letting us on out. I I just need y'all to know that even though like I, y'all don't always see it. I'm just telling you, I, I might, I might, I might have the beginning of a six pack. I just might. Okay. Well, a six pack in the making. It's like, it's like a 3.5 pack right now. Okay. That counts though. And so even today with COVID, um, when I did my workout, I was able to do um, one minute of uh, military pushups for 60 seconds without stopping. Mm. And that is a really like a big deal. I've never done that before. So, okay. Shout out to me and my 3.5 pack. Yes. Shout out to you. And now I'm intrigued. I would like mm-hmm. to know how to do a military push-up. Yeah. That's just the one that's not on your knees. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I made it sound like it was more like I am thinking like one-handed or like no! balancing on a medicine ball. Okay. So a standard no, push-up. Girl, okay. No, it's just a standard push. See, you know what? That's when you're talking to somebody young and you say, uh, what? Just a regular push-up? You mean like the ones I do all the time? Like, Girl, listen, some of us in the AARP club, <laughs> honey, yes, but you know, so if you're listening, you know, I, I, I definitely think those non-scale victories, getting out there, setting goals and it, no time like the present. So if it's the beginning of the year and you are looking to, you know, be healthier, go on and try something new. Yes. Absolutely. Yoga in the park. Yeah. Online fitness group, something. Well, sis, 
it is your week and I am dying to know mm. what's the what you got for us. Mm. The what, my sister, is accountability. Accountability. Now this is a topic I can get behind. All right. Um, yeah, this is this is this was rough. Oof. Okay, so I want to take you back to 2004. As you know, I joined the Emory faculty in 2001 and man, I hit the ground running. I was hyped. I was like excited to take on anything, anything somebody asked me to do. I was like, sure, mm. you know, just bright eyed, bushy tailed. Yeah. All in. Right. And around 2002, um, my division chief uh, says to me, hey, you know, I see how hard you're working. You're doing great things. We have the Emory Comprehensive Board Review Program every year, which is a five-day board review course. Perhaps next year, you can be the course director, which was a really big opportunity for me because technically it's a national course. Um, It was going to be great on my CV. The person that was already doing it was somebody who was really nice. And I knew that she would like usher me into it. I was like, oh, bet this will be great. In 2002, I sort of audited watching the person who planned it before. And then the following year in 2003, I took on being the course director for this five-day comprehensive board review program. You know, this is 2002, 2003, which is kind of different than the way things are now with Zoom and virtual platforms. We basically had about 250 to 300 people pay a tuition, come get a syllabus and listen to people give lectures for five straight days. And as the course director, I had to herd all the cats of all the people come in and organize the talks and get the brochures out and all oh. this good stuff, right? It was a lot of work, but again, by 2003, this is like my second year on faculty. I'm giddy. I'm calling everybody, sending emails, doing everything I need to do. And it's a great way for me to meet a whole bunch of faculty because you know, five days worth of people all across Emory's um, system coming in to give talks in internal medicine. I'm having direct contact with every single one of these people and I'm fairly new on faculty. Mm-hmm. So I was all into it. I was really geeked about it. And um, the person who was working most closely with me was a person who was in the C- a CME role there um, and had been assigned to this program and had been on the program for about three or four years before I came in. So this was the best possible situation for me. There's somebody who is older than me, you know, senior to me, who has racial concordance with me and gender concordance with me. I mean, it's great, right? So that first year, all of that organizational memory, she was able to sort of pour it on to me, help me get this thing going straight and strong. We had about, you know, 260 people come that 2003 year. I was geeked. It was a success. Everybody was happy and all was well. And um, typically people who take this job on, they usually do it for two to three years. So my first year went so great that I was like, bet, man, I'll do this again. And it protected a little bit of my time. And, you know, back in the day in 2003, as a new faculty member, there was not much protecting my time. So I was like, yay. So in 2003, something else pivotal happened. Uh, Mr. Manning chose to get on a knee one day and ask your girl to be his wife. Aww. And I was like, bet I would like to be your wife, sir. <laughs> and so, so in 2003 and 2004, I was basically in the throes of planning a wedding. And this board review program, it's perfect because I've done it already. I already sort of know what to do. Things are already rolling. I got cool with all the faculty. 
Um, my wedding was um, scheduled for early May. It was going to be a big wedding, about you know, 250 people. And mm-hmm. you know you know your people. Yep. So you invite <laughs> 250 people and 260 come. And right. about 70 of those did not RSVP. <laughs> but my wedding was awesome. It was so great. It was so fun. We had all my friends from Tuskegee, Harry's friends from Virginia State. It was just like any Black rom-com you ever watched and mm-hmm. saw them doing an electric slide at the end that was us. All right. So I'm in the zone. I'm just like so happy. And then Harry and I go on this amazing honeymoon to St. Lucia. And we are posted up in St. Lucia, living our best lives as newlyweds. And me being the person who loves um, to always know what's going on at home just a little bit, I decide I'm gonna just pop into the business room or office here in St. Lucia and just check my email real quick. There's an email that was sent the day before my wedding. And the email is coming from the CME person who had been working with me Uh all those years on the same program, resigning (gasps) from Emory. It wasn't to me. It was the email to resign, but I was copied on it. Had not told me she was thinking about leaving or anything like that. And she left. So in that moment, I started to panic Mm -hmm. because we each had things that we were working on with this. And my full attention had been going to becoming a part of team Manning. I was like all focused on that. And I just wasn't sure, but I'm like, surely this woman would not have just bounced and not done the stuff she was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I turn it over to the Lord and just enjoy the rest of my, <laughs> my honeymoon. Right. <laughs> yeah. But when I get back, I was like, okay, now it's time to face the music. Let me see what all, you know, she did or did not do. So I start looking through things and I can't really see evidence that there's things that she's done that she normally was over. But one of the most critical things that needed to be done was our brochures needed to be sent out Mm -hmm. all over the Southeastern United States. Now, to be clear, my wedding was in May. This program is in July early July. This means these brochures, they should have been gone. They should have been at people's houses in February. But I realized I had never received one. And Mm. if I didn't receive one, then I wondered if anybody else did. So I started asking my people, hey, did you ever get the board review um, brochure? No, I didn't. Did you? No. So then I went to the Emory printing press people and said, what day did y'all print the um, thing on? We, We never, we didn't print it. We never got a proof. I was like, what? So now it is mid-May and this thing is early July and we haven't sent out the brochure. And this is when like the internet was not jumping like it is now. I was about to say, like, why why is the brochure so important? This is like Because it ain't no Facebook. (laughs) It ain't no no IG. it's It's no Twitter. None of that. People needed to get a hard copy in their hand and maybe an email at their institution if you're lucky. But for the most part, that hard copy was a way for people to know. That's the only way that folks know, like, this is going down. In 2003, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So I am absolutely appalled. And I go to my division chief and I say, yeah, so this woman did not do this. She did not do this. And she basically left everybody's going off at the CME office, like this should have been done. She resigned without this. Who are you going to have to step in her space? How could she, you know, have done this? And we're going to, we're going to lose money and blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm 
everybody is on my side because (laughs) woe is me this woman dropped the ball and threw me under the bus and bounced and didn't even have the decency to tell me that she was leaving or even thinking about leaving and of course all of this is her fault right right (laughs) but that is why the universe knew that I needed to be married to Mr. Harry Manning, which let me just move over as a sidebar and say, if y'all want to know who my number one mentor in all things leadership and doing the right thing is, it is Mr. Harry Manning, Mm. who is a U.S. Army veteran and who is Ranger qualified and who is an all around badass, no nonsense leader. So he hears me having all these conversations and meetings and everything. And I hang the phone up and I shake my head and I look at my new husband. I still dazzling and sparkling from our honeymoon. And I say, you know what? That is just so trifling. I cannot believe of all the people that she did that to me. And you know, what's even worse is that she black too. That makes us look even worse. Mm -hmm. He looked at me. He said, you better be glad I'm not your division chief. That is all he said. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? He was like, oh, you better be glad I'm not Dr. Branch. Because uh, <laughs> this would be going totally different. And I was like, well, what is that supposed to mean? This is our first argument, everybody, for the Mannings. Because we hadn't argued before that. He says, so what if your wedding invitations had not gone out? Could you have missed your wedding invitations going out? And I was just quiet. He said, who is the course director? And I said, I mean, me, but he's like, no, but nothing. Your name is on this program as the course director. How could you not know that the brochures had not been proofed, printed, and mailed off? I'm going to tell you how you didn't know. You didn't know because you were focused on something else that was not your job. You were focused on your wedding. And Everything was in place for your wedding. Not a, not a string was loose for your wedding. But what you did was you assumed that somebody else was going to do something and you did not double check. And had she done everything she was supposed to do, well, you would have been a really lucky person. But what I'm telling you is when your name is on something, it is your job to make sure. She could have been doing her job fine, but you could have just checked in and said, hey, how are we looking with that um, brochure? Let me, let me peep that. All right, cool. He said, if you had been talking to her, you would have gotten every single clue that she was getting ready to leave or that she was not doing any of the stuff she was supposed to do. This was your fault. You dropped the ball. You're lucky that all of these people are letting you run around here like that's not what happened. But if you think I can't see that, you're crazy. You dropped the ball. You did. And you're going to have to own that. He says, so you, you can lie to everybody else. But when you look in the mirror, you have to know why this happened. Man, listen, when I tell you by the time he got through saying all that to me, I was crying. I was calling him mean. I was telling him he didn't understand and that, you know, we were collaborative and that, I, you know, this is her whole job. She's a CME professional. I'm a physician. This is not what I do for a living. He was like, no, you just didn't prioritize it. You didn't make it important. But you're going to learn. And, you, and you're lucky that you got to learn it in this way. He says, you're going to have to hustle and figure out what you have to do. But this is your fault. And I just can't let you go another day without thinking that it was your fault. <laughs> Damn. Like, talk about some truth that hurts. Oh, yeah. It was a truth bomb that blew my whole house up. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I love you. 
I love you. And, um, you know, if, if you want to be effective as a leader, you're going to have to figure out how to be accountable for what you do. And so every, the thing about being married to an army veteran is that everything is going to go back to the army. When you start talking to him, he told me when I was leading a platoon and something went wrong, I could not go to my Colonel and start telling him with tearful eyes about what one of the privates did. The Colonel don't care nothing about what none of the privates did. And when the Colonel goes to report to the general, the general don't care nothing about that either. Mm. So my job, is that I'm supposed to make sure stuff is in order. And if it doesn't go well, it's on me. It's on me as a leader. And he said, you, you have got to get this lesson. You, you, you really messed this up. And I was like, man, you know, I had told myself so many things, Ash. I told myself, oh, you know, I don't want to be a micromanager. I have really created an entire narrative that villainized this woman. Mm. And, and, you know, Harry even pointed out to me that if I was her friend, do I even know if she was okay? How do I know how she was doing? Like, what would make somebody who had been in their job for like more than eight or nine years doing it effectively, just leave and, and, and actually not leave any trace of contact or anything. I never, ever spoke to her again. Mm. Um, And he was like, how do you know what was going on with her? What was she going through? You don't even know. Cause you were so busy focused on yourself. And wow. I was like, I was focused on you too. <laughs> <laughs> but I never, ever, ever forgot that because at the end of the day, he's right. I knew, I knew how much we were going to tip at my, at my wedding, the, um, the banquet captain. I knew where the DJ was. I knew who was assisting the DJ. I knew where the kids were going to be. I knew where the makeup lady was. I knew every single detail about my own wedding because I made it important. I prioritized it. Mm. And what I did that year was I used that protected time to spend my energy planning my wedding. And with my fingers crossed, not even crossed, just within a dumb assumption that somebody else was going to be doing something else. Mm. And a lot of times I will tell you, we get lucky. I realize in the hospital too, like I'll be in the hospital sometimes and I'll be working with a resident who's great. And I have to go back to that lesson and I have to tell myself, do not start assuming that everything is just happening without double checking. You mm-hmm. still need to check in and be like, yo, what's up with, um, Hey, what happened with that EKG? Was everything cool? Oh yeah. Yeah. We got done this, that, and the other. Hey, what did card say about blank? Oh, what did GI say? Are we going to get that guy scope? What happened to the MRCP? Right. But, but ever since then, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about that. And, and now if I want the truth, <laughs> like if I want to be told the truth, I ask my husband. Mm. Cause wow. he's going to tell me the truth. <laughs> You know, he gonna tell me the truth. You know, I, I think one of the things he also told me that I, has always stuck with me is that you think being accountable will make you look bad, but it actually makes people respect you more. Mm. One of the other lessons too in this is that we do build up some capital with people when we do a good job, you know, when we give our best. So in general, I was a very hard worker and a very enthusiastic and innovative person in this space. And um, I think that for that reason, people were forgiving of me. And 
Harry was the first to point out that like, hey, listen, there's something to be said about when you do a really good job and people remember that and they and they cut you some slack. Mm-hmm. Said, but I'm talking about you by yourself, you versus you. When you get by yourself, what you going to tell yourself? Tell yourself the truth or else this is going to happen again and the stakes are going to be higher and it's going to be worse. Yep. So f- for those who are wondering, we ended up getting really fortunate. We ended up having about 200 people there that year. Um, the program ended up going really well. We did not lose money. We even made a little bit of money um, that year, but it was really, um, I got lucky. It, it, we, we could have lost thousands of dollars. Um, but fortunately, there were enough people who had heard of the program before and who had already just on GP had signed up for it, even though they didn't get their, <laughs> their brochure in the mail. Um, wow. But yeah, accountability is just one of these things that, um, I, you know, I, I think we have to learn um, sometimes the hard way, uh, but usually it's through being connected to somebody who loves you, just like letting you know, like, yo, you was wrong. Yeah. And Dr. Manning and Mr. Manning are still married. It seems like y'all survived. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. And I, and I have to say, it's like one of my favorite things about Harry, you yeah. know, my husband's not on Twitter. He's not a doctor. So he's not enamored by a lot of the things that people are enamored by. Like he, he's over half of the things other people are like, Ooh, Kimberly Manning or whatever. We are happily married. He's still my favorite person. No shade to you. <laughs> that was actually my first thought. Where, well, where do I stand? Um, but I'm, I'm happy to take second place. Yeah, there you go. Or maybe your kids are in front of me. It's, it's fine. Kids are teens. You're, they're definitely, my kids are definitely not in second place. That's for, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I just, you know, I think I was your age when that happened to me, Ashley. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think I was your age and it hurt, but it is a lesson that I tell today in case somebody is listening and you have done something wrong and you need to own it. And I will lastly say that is not the last big mistake that I've made in my job. I've made many more mistakes. I've dropped many other balls. I've screwed things up, but I, I now have finally reached a place of comfort of just owning it. I was wrong. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to take that story to heart too. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm still getting started, but have also made mistakes. And the thing that comes with privilege and leadership is you don't always have to own your mistakes. You don't. But that's where it's even more important to, to, to step up and, and let folks know even in your position that, that you, you made a mistake and you own up to it. And people are kinder than we realize. They, you Absolutely. know, they will extend grace. Yeah. And um, I think that's the part that I think I was just so worried about how I would look, but I was wrong, honey. I was not even paying attention. And, you know, in the very, very rare instance that this person who left Emory that year uh, is listening to my podcast with you, our podcast. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry that I did not realize that you were flying on one wing and in a place where you needed to go. I don't even know what was going on with you. And I hope wherever you are, I hope you're okay. I hope you are fulfilled. And, you know, I should have done better. I should have been more helpful. And I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, me and uh, Omicron, we gonna uh, 
have us a little bit of hot tea. And we're going to settle down and watch Ted Lasso for the eighth time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I certainly hope if, if you do have to quarantine that you do take a take some time for yourself to get some rest. Yes. I hope you feel better soon. As always, I so, so appreciate you, your wisdom, your stories, and uh, for taking the time to, to share a piece of yourself with, with so many of us who, who benefit from what you do. Right back at you, honey. I love you, sis. Love you more. Make it a great week. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.